Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's cover two time, and we're celebrating a 49ers wild card victory. They're going to be playing the Cowboys. We got to talk a little bit about Seahawks, and then we'll transition into Cowboys. And when I say a little, it, it's going to be a little. Uh, but this this is going to be a great one. Enjoy it. Nice, nothing but smiles after a second half of the four years. Absolutely put it down on their rivals. Yeah, like I said, like I always say, podcast is always best after wins. Especially playoff wins. Playoff wins don't come around too often. Eleven in a um, row. We got one against our uh, one of our major rivals, so it's definitely sweet. Yeah, it is. And the 49ers are rolling. I mean, Brock Purdy's been rolling. The 49ers have been rolling. Just you know, it, it was it was an interesting matchup because you have teams that know each other, right? And everyone was really concerned during the week. This is going to be the third time that the 49ers were going to see the Seahawks. This was going to be the second time the Seahawks had saw young Brock Purdy. And then there was also the rain factor. You know, how was that going to play into it early on? You could tell there's probably a little bit of nerves, a little bit of weather that was affecting Brock Purdy. Uh, but for every miss that he had, like the opening throw to Debo Samuel, there was a huge throw, like the 19 yarder on the next play to Brandon Ayuk. It seemed like he was battling, finding his way. And he just consistently made plays. And the 49ers, Warren, were down 17, 16. Uh, but in the second half, absolutely just came out. And 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 blew the Seahawks out of the water. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the first the first half of that game was if you're a Niner fan, I mean, you was you was worried. You know, I mean, um, and hats off to Seattle. You know, I give credit to Seattle. Seattle came out prepared. You know, Pete Carroll had his team ready to play. Um, they had a game plan. You know, they executed it. And in in the first half, um, you know, they they took a little bit of they took bits and pieces of what we've seen the past three weeks. Right. You know, um, they got Metcalf involved and. You know, Gino Gino played well in that first half. You know, um, the Niners can't have lows like that. You know, uh, you can't have halves like that in playoff football. It's just every snap, you know, every down is vital. You know, but um, I, I think a lot played into it. Like you said, I think there were some nerves and stuff like that. But once once the Niners settled in, we got in the locker room, Shanahan got to talk to the boys, and um, we came back in the second half and looked like the team that we expected to see that whole game. Yeah, I mean, as far as offense, they were pretty consistent the entire game. They moved the football uh, very well. They just didn't convert touchdowns in the first half. In the second half, they did. When you throw in two uh, turnovers by Seattle, the interception by Geno Smith, and, of course, the Charles Amenehue forced fumble, a forced you know, strip sack, they call it. It's a sack once you get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. Bosa gets on it, and the 49ers turn it into a touchdown. And pretty, pretty soon, that thing was just steamrolling out of control. And I think that's the 49ers that everyone's afraid of, right? The 49ers that can put up 41 points on you, absolutely blow you out of the water. And that's what these other teams are going to have to contend with. That's what is coming up for the Cowboys you know, this Sunday. And a lot of the reason why, Warren, that this is happening is because of Brock Purdy, and he continues to shine. I want to discuss Brock Purdy a little bit because – this was a guy that it was in his first game in the playoffs 
Uh, he's a rookie quarterback. Everyone keeps saying every single week there's some sort of qualifier, right? Uh, this was now the first time he was going to win in the playoffs. There's already been first win on the road, you know, first win in primetime. There's always a qualifier, and he just continues to outdo uh, his expectations, what people think he's going to do. And I thought he did so in this game. Three touchdowns, uh, passing one, rushing the football, four touchdowns for Brock Purdy, and he's impressed now you could drop away from five touchdowns. Yeah, man, he's... I mean, he just continues to impress. I mean, you watch this kid week after week, and you're just you're telling to yourself, like, what can he not do? Right. You know, and it just gets more impressive. I mean, this is his first playoff game, you know, and as a rookie, you would think he would struggle. He'd be nervous. And, you know, in the first half, he really didn't play bad, um, but he didn't play to the, to the level we've seen him play. And just the way he came out in the second half and – you know, he inserted his dominance on the game, you know, and his confidence and his will. It, it was, it's just special, you know, and like what we're watching as the season goes on and what we're seeing with Purdy is just, it's nothing short of special. You know what I mean? Like this is stuff that, you know, you, you pay for at the movies and you go and see, you know, it, it's, he's writing his own storybook right now. And um, if you're a Niner fan, you love to see it. You know I mean? Like this is, this is what, you know, we've been striving for is, 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 um, uh, a number one quarterback. Right. You know what I mean? Like a, a franchise quarterback. And right right now we're watching the makings of one. You know, like this is his story. You know, and I can't wait to see how it ends. You know what I mean? But, but right now I'm just, I'm loving the ride. But um, Brock Purdy, man, he's just, each week, man, he just impresses me. And like some of the plays he's making, like the play at the end of the game, I know it wasn't completed to, to Brandon Ayuk, but I mean, even if you're not a, not, not a Niner fan and you're watching that, right. you have to be wide-eyed. You have to be like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like special quarterbacks make that type of play. You yeah. know, I mean, like it was I'm I'm so hurt for him and Ayuk that he dropped it, but man, it, it shows how special he is. It shows the talent. Yeah, it, it's something you would have saw from Joe and Steve and maybe Jeff Garcia. Like those are the kind of quarterbacks that be able to do what Brock Purdy did on that play. I think the thing that stands out the most about Brock Purdy is yeah, Kyle Shanahan's scheme, it can get players wide open. You know what Brock does when the, they're wide open? He finds them, uh, which is spectacular. And then when it comes to the moments where the plays don't work, the defense had the right you know defense dialed up, he improvises and he makes something happen. That first touchdown to Christian McCaffrey, his first ever playoff touchdown, is off schedule, him climbing the pocket, <clears throat> finding McCaffrey wide open, who ran the play-action fake earlier, and getting a walk-in touchdown. And that's not the only time that happened. He also did that with Elijah Mitchell on that play, you know, moved around in the pocket, Absolutely. got away from, you know, the defender who had pushed Trent Williams back a little bit, finds Elijah Mitchell, touchdown. But then there's also the plays where you see him on time, where he hits Debo Samuel in rhythm and allows Debo to run. And, of course, Brandon makes a great play. But you're getting the best of both worlds. And one of the most interesting things was when Kyle Shanahan drafted Trey Lance, he said he got Trey to operate within this offense. It wasn't going to be anything different. It was going to be within his offense. But when all hell break lo broke loose and a play wasn't going to work, he could make something happen. That's what he got with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is doing that. Is he as big or as fast, as strong as Trey Lance? Absolutely not. Is he a really good quarterback, though, that can pull it off? Absolutely he is. I agree, and I, I think you make two great points. I mean, the off-schedule thing, and like you said, in Shanahan's offense, any quarterback can operate it because he has guys running wide open. But and that's what you see with Jimmy G. Jimmy G would operate within the offense. He did a good job, a fairly good job of finding open guys. But you insert Purdy, and Purdy does those off-script plays. And that's what's so vital to this team. That's the missing link of this team. And that's, in my opinion, has hindered us from, from getting over the top. Yep. You know, and when you get in those big games like against the Chiefs or Buffalo or um, even this Dallas Cowboys game or Philadelphia, like, where you're looking downfield and everything's covered up. You know, and then the rush is bearing down on you. Can you still make a play? And Purdy, he doesn't flinch. Yep. You know, like like you said, the pass that he made to Elijah Mitchell in the flats, you know, the pressure was bearing down on him. How many quarterbacks have we seen in the past just get happy feet and panic and, you know, throw a pick, you know, make a mistake, take the sack, don't throw it away? You know, he looked it dead in its eye, made a play, dumped it off for a touchdown. Like, those are those are signs of you know a mature quarterback, a franchise quarterback. That's that's what we need in this offense, and that's what has Niner fans so excited. Yeah, he's literally the happy medium of Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. 
more mobility Absolutely. than Jimmy Garoppolo. <clears throat> yeah, he can throw the timing passes and hit people in stride, which Jimmy did fantastic. Not quite as quick a release as Jimmy, but pretty darn good. And then the escapability, the improvisation of Trey Lance. Uh, it has been a nice pickup. And I'm not trying to say he's the greatest quarterback in franchise history or any of that <laughs> no, stuff. No, no, All no, I'm no, saying no. is we found a quarterback <clears throat> that can operate Kyle Shanahan's at a high offense at a high level. And he's showing that every single week. And I can't wait to see the continued growth from Brock Purdy and what he could do in this offense. And I got to say this to my guy, Chris Sims. It's laughable that you called him a poor man's Mac Jones. Absolutely laughable. Wow. Uh, Mac Jones wishes he could be BCB Brock Purdy. There's just there's just nothing about it. Get off it. You thought Kellen Mond was a top five. He's not. Uh, so I, I just I can't believe he said that. Um, but it, it just makes me question his uh his quarterback breakdown Absolutely. for sure. What was he? What's he looking at? I don't know. And and now it's time to look at the boys. Uh, 49ers versus Cowboys. I mean, if if you grew up in a certain mm-hmm. area uh, era of 49ers football, and a lot of people don't realize this goes back to the 70s. The Mm-mm. 49ers had really really good football teams in the 70s, and the Cowboys kept them out of the championship games. Then in the 80s, the 49ers got over the hump, and then the 90s they came back with a vengeance. Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones, Emmitt Smith, and that whole crew. So this is a rivalry that's been decades old, and it's been renewed. Last year they beat Dak. They beat a you know. Uh, a really good cowboy team that had Amari Cooper. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and this year they don't, but it's going to be a fun matchup. There's a lot of players. And whenever you start playing teams multiple years, you start building those storylines within it, right? When the 49ers played Seahawks, you know, every year on the regular season and then in Green Bay in the playoffs, it was always like storylines. And that's where we're getting in this one. I wanted to ask you, what were your first thoughts of Cowboys 49ers? Because you know, last week we didn't know it could have been Minnesota, it could have been Tampa, it could have been the Cowboys. What are your thoughts? Um, my first thoughts was I'm excited, you know, because yeah. if you're a 10 year Niner fan, um, you know the rivalry, you know, you've lived this, you've been on both sides of it, you've been on, you know, the sweet victory and the the, the horrible losses, you know, where it, it it hurts. You hate losing to the Cowboys. I mean, they're, I mean, they're one of our main rivals, you know. I mean, outside of Seattle, Seattle's kind of like a new new rivalry type right. thing, but the Cowboys is just. We've been going back and forth, you know, um, before the Patriots, the Super Bowls, it was it was the Niners, it was Cowboys. Those are the two teams winning Super Bowls. So I'm super excited um, for the matchup. Um, I didn't expect I didn't think it would be the Cowboys. Right. Honestly, I thought we would get Minnesota. I thought they would take care of business against um, the Giants. You know, shout out to the Giants for for taking care of business. I yeah. mean, they made it a little bit harder on us, you know, because we we knew Minnesota was ripe for the taking. Yeah, we'd have so, scored 50 yeah. in Minnesota. <laughs> it would have been ugly. Every uh, time I've yeah. seen Kendricks covering a running back <laughs> out of the backfield, I'm just like, ah, that could have been McCaffrey. <laughs> that could have been it. I mean, I did to see Kirk Cousins, I mean, needed a first down, and he throws it three to five yards. Yeah. I'd have loved to play that. I'd have loved yeah. to play that. But we get the Cowboys. Um, I'm excited. Um, they're they're probably the toughest matchup we could have got in, in this next round. They present, you know, Problems in with itself that I feel like the Niners could handle. Like I said, in the NFC, I don't see any issues. But the Cowboys do have their, their own unique problems. So um, I expect this to do a huge number of views-wise and ratings-wise. But I'm excited for the matchup, man. I can't wait for Sunday. Yeah, I mean, these are two great fan bases. You know, both have a lot of appreciation for their history, um, but also a a want to get back on top. The Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl since 1995. 49ers 1994 Dallas hasn't been to a divisional round playoff game or won a divisional round playoff game since 1995 so last time they won a Super Bowl so the 49ers are farther along (laughs) right we had uh, 2012 2019 we've had some success last year we're in the NFC championship game Cowboy fans are desperate for that yeah they have a good football team they have a lot of really talented players the first thing I thought was okay it's about to get explosive uh let's take the gloves off you know this is about to get nasty because i think both these teams are going to really want it and both have the players to make something happen so i was excited about this matchup uh would i have preferred minnesota yeah of course Uh, bring on the skull (laughs) we we ain't worried about that um but you know the cowboys are present a tougher matchup but in the grand scheme of things you have to beat whoever's in the playoffs anyways if you want to be the best you have to take out the best and the four years have to do it with the cowboys Uh, they still have the potential to do so yeah, I agree. I, I this is like I said, this is the toughest match matchup to we could have gotten the next round. I would have loved to see Brady because they were ripe for the take. Oh, yeah. Just like just like Minnesota. Both are so. right now sacked him four times. <laughs> <laughs> and we already seen what that matchup looked like earlier in the yeah. year. So um 
Yeah, they present a lot of problems that we're we're going we're going to dive into. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's start with uh, with Pollard, uh, Tony Pollard in that running game. I don't know what your feelings are about Zeke Elliott. Uh, I've been going back and watching some <clears> of the film of Zeke. To me, Zeke has extremely fallen off, but Tony Pollard has come on the scene and been dynamic, explosive. None of that Skip Bayless. He's better than Christian McCaffrey crud. Um, but Pollard's a nice player. But a lot of people forget Tony Pollard was on the Dallas Cowboys last year. He played against the San Francisco 49ers. He did not have huge plays. Did he have a, a, an explosive run? Of course he did. He's that kind of player. But what do you think? Of, can Dallas get this run game going against this 49ers defense that only gives up 77 yards per game? I don't think so. The Niners up front, are, you look at our front seven, they're just too big, too strong, too dominant. You know, I I like uh, Tony Pollard. Personally, I think he's he's the, the best running back with in uh, in Dallas, and he's been their best running back for a few years now. Yeah. You know, um, no disrespect to, to to Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, Zeke is he's he's a hell of a running back. You know, he's just, you know, at the end of his end of his run. Um, but Tony Pollard, he presents a lot of problems. The guy is he's shifty, small, small guy that he hits a whole hard. Yeah. You know, um, he's somebody we definitely have to pay attention to and um shut him down quickly. Cause I mean, I don't really see him as a game breaker, somebody that's gonna put the game on his back and completely win the game like a Christian McCaffrey or right. or like a Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb. I don't see him as that type of running back. But is he a problem? Is he a weapon? Is he somebody that, you know, you have to keep an eye on because he can't hurt you? Yes. So, uh, but this Niner, like I said, this Niner front seven from the linebackers to, the, to our front seven being completely healthy, like, I don't see, I don't see him killing, being too much of a thorn on our side. Yeah, you know, and you, Jason Peters, their offensive lineman, he got hurt. So he's he's probably going to be out for this game and they're going to be going with Tyler Smith. So they're going to have the Smiths. One thing that's interesting is Tyron Smith plays right tackle now. Uh, he was left tackle for a long time. Um, but he plays next to Zach Martin. That's a, a nice right side of the line. Now, is Tyron Smith still the dominant player he was? No, he's not. Uh, can him and Zach Martin do some things in the run game? Yeah, but I think Smith is better in the pass game than he is the run game at this point in his career. Uh, Martin is still someone you have to worry about, but he's probably going to line up against Eric Armstead, and Armstead is one of the best against you know run uh, blocking in the entire league. I think that's going to be an issue. But also, what is Tony Pollard really made to do? He's made to stretch the edge. He's made to get after you, you know, on the edges with the outside zone and also with, um, you know, with these toss sweeps and, and cracks and all that. Four years linebackers are fast. They run sideline to sideline. Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, they can cover you sideline to sideline. And they have two edge defenders in Samson Ebicom and Nick Bosa that turn everything in. They do a really good job. Did the 49ers get caught on one against Seattle? Yeah. So Ebicom is supposed to stunt inside. Dre Greenlaw has outside contain. Savor the flavor because it won't happen again. They make a mistake. They're going to move on. But I think the 49ers defense is well-equipped to handle what Tony Pollard does. I think if they had a prime, healthy Zeke where they could run the ball up the middle and absolutely try to you know get the 49ers moving backwards in a traditional run game, they would be more successful. I just don't think they can do it with a back like Tony Pollard. I agree. I, I think they're going to have they're going to have a hard time running the ball. Um, like I said, the Niners' defense has been doing this all year. Yeah. I mean, you look at the numbers. No running backs really had success against this Niner front, and I mean, we've had guys in and out. You know, so the Niners know they got to stop. They got to the first thing they got to do is stop the run game. You know, because you stop the running game, you make you make the Dallas Cowboys one dimensional, and then you can do what you love to do: pin your ears back and go get after the quarterback and force Dak to make mistakes. Yep. Dak, look. Amazing last week. You know, he looked he looked like the best quarterback in the league. But he had no pressure all game. Yeah. You know, he had plenty of time. He he had plenty of time to make decisions to run and throw to wide wide open guys. Unfortunately, this is not the Tampa D. You know, you gotta deal with three layers of football. You know, that front seven, that front four, you got they're gonna be coming after you. They're gonna be bearing down on you. Then you got those three linebackers, the most un, the most a- athletic linebackers in the league. And then you got the secondary as well, which they're kind of struggling right now. Um, but I fully expect them to step it up and play better this week. Yeah, they're ball hawks. Uh, Dak yeah. Prescott throws more interceptions than any quarterback in the league. And the 49ers create more interceptions than any any team in the league. Their defense is intercepted, passes 17 times. Dak has put 14 in harm's way. So, uh, And that's with him missing football games. He led everybody lot. in interceptions, and he <laughs> missed football games that's this year. Uh, I think that 
the the 49ers have some opportunities to make plays in the secondary and so far they've proven to be ball hawks have they gotten beaten in coverage yes uh, but they usually walk away right you have gibson coming away with interceptions diameter lenore against seattle coming away with an interception they make plays and dak prescott's probably going to put a ball in harm's way and the 49ers need to be able to make a play on it uh and that's all the while they have to be able to get this run game going because if the 49ers get a stop with seven or even if they have to bring eight but they're able to stop the run game consistently that means no more play action that means they're probably playing from behind and that means they're gonna have to spread it out and i think that's where the 49ers would have tremendous success against the cowboys i think the cowboys would love to go two tight ends but how do you go two tight ends if you can't get if you can't get the running game going with two tight ends right i think it's gonna be fun let's flip it to the other side 49ers run game because the dallas cowboys give up 129 yards per game most of the times that they were beat this year, it was a balanced offensive attack. When it was, all those teams went for over 130 yards rushing against them at least. Uh, if you had big games, Christian McCaffrey looked good against Seattle. They have Elijah Mitchell. He's another weekend. They have Debo Samuel that they can use. You see him have some carries as well. Are the Cowboys going to be able to stop this 49ers running game? I don't think so. I mean, if you haven't fixed this all year, I mean, this is a problem that you've been dealing with all, all year. I mean, you are what you are. You know, and the Cowboys, they have a problem stopping the run. And, I mean, this is the wrong team to play when you have run issues. You know, this is what the Niners want to do. You know, the Niners want to line up, bully you, play smash-mouth football, and that's what's going to happen on Sunday. I mean, we've seen how this played out last year. Yep. You know, and, and the Niners, we, we didn't have Christian McCaffrey, you know, and Debo ran all over him. You know, we had a wide receiver running all over him, you know. And so you insert Christian McCaffrey this year and – it's going to be much of the same things, you know, and I just don't think this Cowboy team is equipped to handle it. I mean, they have a great they have a great front four getting after the quarterback. They do. You know, they they have one of the best front four in the league and and if if you could if you're dominating a run game where you don't have to drop back and pass, then you're able to, you know, play action pass off the run with the run is it's killing them. They're going to have problems. You yeah. know, I just I can't see this Cowboy team stopping this Niner offense with a Christian McCaffrey if they've been having this problem all year. Yeah, Dan Quinn, you know, defensive coordinator, uh, he understands what Kyle Shanahan wants to do on Absolutely, offense. Yeah. Uh, but as much as Kyle Shanahan it, you know, will be understood by Dan Quinn, he's going to understand Dan Quinn even more. Uh, Dan Quinn is the one that gave him you know, the keys to understand what Seattle's offense was about, that cover three. He knew how to break it. And now you're getting a cover three matchup style zone from Dan Quinn. I think Dan Quinn's going to come up and try to take away the 49ers run game early. I think he's going to bring up Micah Parsons on one side. I think he's going to bring up Anthony Barr on the other side. And I think they're going to try to load up and stop the 49ers run game and make Brock Purdy beat him. Problem is, be careful what you wish for. Because if Brock starts completing passes early in the game, getting Debo Samuel the ball and screen passes, which were wildly successful in the playoff game last year, those plays that will open up the run game, and then the 49ers can't be stopped. Uh, because once you have to go away from it, I think the edge rushers present opportunities for the 49ers to be able to run the ball off tackle. We've seen the Christian McCaffrey 68-yard run last week. That is by kicking that edge rusher out, and that was Bruce Irvin. He's he's pretty good against the run. Micah Parsons, not as good. You know, Anthony Barr, not as good. Get those guys moving and then cut it up inside. They have Van Der Esch. I like Van Der Esch. Uh, but, you know, are they going to be able to play the run fits as good as they should? I think they're more predicated on getting after you with the pass. So early success and early downs is going to make third and manageables, which are going to pretty much neutralize the pass uh, pass rush. Uh, but it all is predicated on early completions. And then when the opportunities come, run that football down their throat. I agree. This is a very aggressive Cowboys defense. Yep. As we've seen last year. And, I mean, what was killing them last year, the double moves was just – it was – it was open yeah. all game. Yeah, Diggs is still. Where's I? You? Where, where, where he at? <laughs> it was it was killing them all game, and I mean, this is the thing: is we had Jimmy G last year. Yep. And Jimmy G didn't have his best game against the Cowboys last year. No, he got he had the thumb, and then right. he hurt his shoulder in the first half of the game. Right. In the Niners, we were on the road, winning the Arlington and won the game. I mean, this is a completely different Niners team they're seeing. I mean, yeah. they're seeing a quarterback playing at the top of his game and. A running back that's playing at an MVP level that's not a pro bowler, which is crazy. And it's ridiculous. Pollard is a pro, pro bowler, yeah. which is it just baffles my mind. But this is a completely different team they're seeing. So honestly, Dan Quinn is he's a great defensive coordinator. You yeah, know, I like him. 
he's Mr. 28-3. I know a lot of people like to put that on Shanahan, but, yeah. you know, Dan Quinn gets a part of that. But uh, Dan Quinn should get all of that. Uh, you, <laughs> when agree. you're 28-3 and you're a defensive-minded head coach, that's on you and the defense. 28, 28 points is enough to win any game as an offensive coach. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree on that. But, um, yeah, this is a completely different Niner right. team that they're going to see. So um, I think they'll have problems all day. Yeah, I do. And, you know, last year, since we're talking about last year a little bit in that run game, I went back and watched the game. Uh, Debo Samuel was in the backfield early on. Then uh, partway through that first drive, Elijah Mitchell came in, and he started gashing them up the middle. And then eventually he had the the outside play where he scored the touchdown. And Brandon Ayuk blocks Micah Parsons uh, and, and seals the edge. That's See one that, of the yeah. reasons <laughs> that I believe the four yards have an advantage on the edge. Has Parsons improved from that? Yes. He's stronger against, you know, the edge plays, yes. Uh, but It'll be McGlinchey. It won't be Tom Compton. And it'll be, you know, a healthy Trent Williams. To me, they're going to get some movement up front. It's going to be it's going to be fun on the edges. And I think they can get the run game going. Plus, last year, you only had to worry about where Debo is. Now you have to worry about where number 23 is. Because uh, locating 19 isn't enough this season. You have to locate 23. <laughs> and while you're focused on that, 85 is probably over the middle wide open. It's going to be a fun one. Let's talk problems. Oh, nine, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Cowboys' weapons because they do have a lot of weapons. You know, you have you have CD Lamb, you have Michael Gallup. Uh, they have talent. You know, what I mean, it's not like they're void of ability to make plays. Uh, they got you know Dalton Schultz. He had a really good game against Tampa Bay. So, Warren, are you concerned about the Cowboys' weapons against this 49ers secondary? Traverse Ward just had a you know a, a tough outing against DK. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Um, when I first heard of the matchup, I, I did get a little nervous. I did get a little nervous, um, of, of what, what the Cowboys presents, but now how the week has gone on a little bit, I'm really looking at their weapons. I'm looking at what they got a receiver, running back, tight end quarterback. I'm not too afraid. You know, I'm not too afraid of this team. Honestly, I feel like we had a, a, a tougher task last week with Lockett and Metcalf. You know, I think they present more problems than what you'll get from CeeDee Lamb and um, and Gallup. Yeah. Um, and I'm, their number three receiver is Noah, Noah Brown. Brown. And yeah, then Noah they've been Brown. playing a lot of T.Y. too. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton, who they picked up later towards the end yeah. of the season. So um, what they present at wide receiver, I don't think they present the same issues that Seattle presented. And, I mean, as you as you can see, I mean, D.K. Metcalf, is he's a freak, you know. And Mooney Ward has been playing lights out this year. He yeah. gave up one big play. I can't see CD Lamb get on the top of any of our corners like that. Um, Lenore to me had one of his best games. You know, one he of did. the best games of his career. Like the guy played lights out, and that's what you want to see from him. We know Mooney Ward, what he's capable of. I fully expect him to to bounce back, and we just got to have that continued play with uh, from Lenore. So, as I look at the weapons, I really don't see a problem. You know, Paul, to me, Pollard, Pollard, like I said, we said earlier, Pollard presents his own problems. You know, but if you shut down the run like you've done all year and you make this team one dimensional, how do they beat you? You know, where you start to look for options, you're just like, where does this team scare you where they could beat you? Their their quarterback is not that Dak Prescott, to me, he's not dynamic enough on his own to beat you. He needs help from his weapons around him. I don't think he's that type of quarterback. He just go out there and make all the plays and win the game, like a Mahomes or a Josh Allen and you put pressure on him, you force him to make mistakes. Like you said, he leads the league interception. Yeah. He's going to give you the ball back. So, like I said, as the week goes on, I continue to look at these weapons. I'm not afraid of what they present. Yeah, I think they got, you know, they got talented guys. Uh, last year, C.D. Lamb had one catch against the 49ers. Um, and, you know, that was a big talk all, you know, all week. You got to stop C.D. Lamb. You got to stop Amari Cooper. Uh, there's no Amari Cooper this time. And Amari Cooper is the one that had big plays against yeah. the 49ers last year, getting matched up in that slot against K1 Williams and having the big touchdown over the top. Uh, that is a huge loss for them. I mean, is Gallup still a good player and, and Lamb? Yeah. But I don't think they present the same problems that you got from DK Metcalf. No. Metcalf is an absolute freak on those yes. vertical routes, getting downfield <laughs> with a huge size to be able to get physical with a Charvarius Ward. What is Ward's advantage normally? His physicality. He's going to be able to body C.D. Lamb. He's going to be able to bottle, body Michael Gallup. Uh, like I just, I just think he's going to be playing at a high level. Plus, he was originally a Dallas Cowboy, and he was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. 
he's going to be a little bit heated that he was traded for a backup offensive lineman. <laughs> uh, so don't think he's not showing up in a big way. And I think part of the success of the Cowboys in the Tampa Bay game was playing on third and short, third and medium. They did a really good job on first and second down of making it convertible on third down. The 49ers can force third and seven through through third and 12, like the Washington Commanders did in week 18. You can get off the field against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, and you can slow up this offense and force them to have to punt. Yeah, I agree. To me, in this game, the game plan is if you shut down Pollard, it's downhill. Yeah. It's downhill from there. I just, CeeDee Lamb is, is a phenomenal talent. Yeah. He's he's a phenomenal talent. Is he the type of receiver that could dominate a game, take over a game by himself? Absolutely not. Is, is he going to be a problem? He does present his his own his own problems, but it's not something that's overwhelming to where it's like a Justin Jefferson. Yeah. he He's a game changer. He'll take over the game. I think the Niners, like I said, as the week go on, I don't really see a problem, man. I mean, as long as we keep Dak in the pocket, Stop him from from hurting us with his legs, you know, especially on those those third down plays. And you stop the run. We're we're playing in the championship game. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I think you're right. You know, I mean, stop the run, keep Dak in the pocket. You know, and limit third down success. Right. I think you're 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 going to be just fine. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be a fun one. And let's flip it to the other side, Warren. Let's talk 49ers weapons because the 49ers have plenty of <laughs> weapons on offense as well. Uh, and let's talk about them versus the Cowboys secondary because it's an interesting Cowboys secondary. Uh, they have some, you know, unnamed guys too, like Dal- or, uh, like Deron Bland. Uh, Deron Bland was playing nickel. Now he's playing on the outside. They were playing Israel McQuamu at nickel. Uh, McQuamu, six foot four, over 200 pounds out of South Carolina, was a player that I, I really like coming out of the draft. Uh, but they've been playing him as a safety early on, but now he's playing in the nickel. It's an interesting matchup. Now, one thing I want to preface this with, the 49ers last year had plenty of talent on offense, right? Dewan Jennings had a good game. Brandon Ayuk had a good game. Tebow had a good game. Now they have Christian McCaffrey to add to that. How do the Cowboys secondary, and, and you could see the names, how do they, it's not just digs, right? But how, how do they stop this 49ers uh, weaponry that they have on offense? I don't, I don't think you can. And I mean, it's not, as Niner fans, it's not being biased. It's just, it's looking at what the Niners unveil. It's how do you match up against Yep. Them? You know, it's it's you have so many weapons across the board. It's 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 almost not fair, you know. And the, I just don't see there's a way the Cowboys could come up with a with a defensive game plan to to stop everybody. I mean, I guess if you're if you're a Dallas if you're Dan Quinn, you game plan to stop Christian McCaffrey, you yeah. know, or you game plan to take away Debo, but. I mean, you're still going to be hurt by Brandon Ayuk. You're going to be hurt by Elijah Mitchell or Kittle or Juszczyk. It's just, there's too much. There's just too much to handle at once. It's going to be interesting to see what the Cowboys come up with. But at the end of the day, the Niners just have too many weapons. And what's so what's so creative is the Niners can use them in so many different ways. Like, George Kittle is a weapon blocking and receiving. You know, and when you this week when you're going up against... Uh, um, I think it's Dexter Lawrence and um, no Demarcus Lawrence, Demarcus yeah. Lawrence and Micah Parsons. You have a use check, you know. You have a George Kittle that could help you out with that. Yeah, you know. And then it's it's just you just have so many ways for Shanahan to play with the pieces to set this offense up for success. It's just I see no way the Cowboys can stop this offense. Yeah, during Kyle Shanahan's uh, presser, he said, "It's pick your poison." I was surprised. I was surprised he said it because normally you don't want to give anything, but uh, he's right. You know, it is pick your poison. And the thing is, is last year it was a little bit easier to figure out these matchups. If Brandon Ayuk is out there, you can put digs on him uh, because most of the time Debo was doing something in the backfield, and you could kind of, if he wasn't, you could bracket coverage him with a couple of guys. Here's where the defense is in a predicament. If the 49ers come out in a in a set that includes Kyle Juszczyk, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey, you have to stay in your base 4-3 set. That means you have Anthony Barr in there and Micah Parsons there playing linebacker. If all of a sudden you go too empty, is Micah Parsons now in coverage on Kyle Juszczyk or Christian McCaffrey? (laughs) Is Anthony Barr now on coverage on one of those guys? Those are extreme mismatches. I know Micah Parsons is a great athlete, but think about what I just said. He's now in coverage, and if he's in coverage because of his athleticism, 
That means he's not rushing the passer. If the Cowboys decide, you know what? We don't like that matchup for us. We're going to be a nickel. We're going to bring in Israel McQuamu at six foot four, you know, 200 pounds. Great. Now I'm going to stay in the same set, and I'm going to run it right down your throat, right at Israel McQuamu, <laughs> and I'm going to put George Kittle to block him or Jawan Jennings. <laughs> it creates mismatches. So I that's one of the problems I have with Dallas's defense is that linebacker room. They're great names. Van Der Esch, you know, Anthony Barr, Micah Parsons. It sounds great. But in traditional scheme, it doesn't sound as good as far as run stopping. They're not Greenlaw. They're not Fred. And that's why they give up 129 yards rushing. because They're not built for it. They're built to be edge guys coming off the corner and, and, and doing things in the pass rush. I think that's where Kyle Shanahan has his success. Like you kind of mentioned was those personnel groupings and those matchups. And I think that's going to be a problem. And if you go back and watch last year, Jawan Jennings in the slot, absolutely ate the Cowboys alive right. and he's still here right. and that's not including all the other weapons. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. And cause they could go five receivers and all of a sudden motion Debo to the backfield for a single back. Look, Oh, that's great. Now you got all the extra, you know, <laughs> safeties and corners on the field. Donovan Wilson's over here. Israel Kwame's over here and Debo runs them over. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's really tough sledding for that defense. Yeah. If your defensive coordinator, it's headaches, you know, <laughs> this is, this is the type of office that keeps you up at night, you know? And I mean, I don't envy being Dan Quinn this week. I mean, like you got to come up with the key to stop this offense. And to me, there's just, there's no physical, there's no possible way, you know? I mean, they have some special talent over there. I mean, like you said, Michael Parsons, he's a special talent. He you is. know, I mean, he's one of the best ends. He's up for defensive player of the year. But when you're up against an offense that's just this multiple and they can hurt you in so many different type of ways, you neutralize that type of player. And you look at the type of game he had last week. I mean, not last week, last year in the playoffs against the Niners, he was really a no-show. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's what the Niners defense does. I mean, offense does is – is they don't allow one player to take over the game. They don't allow one player to dominate the game because the, you don't know where the play's going. You don't know who's hurting you. And it's just you could get hurt from so many different ways. And as a defensive player playing the Niners, your mind is always in conflict. And that's where Shanahan has you. Once you're in conflict, it's game over. You're a step too late. You're right. And, you know, that's why getting the run game is so important at some point. It doesn't have to be early. If they're taking away the run, you know, by their formations and you have an aggressive style and you can throw the ball, which the 49ers have been willing to do and have done. Uh, but once you get to that run game, that's when defenders can't rush the quarterback at the same level they used to. Number one, they're getting tired from hanging on these 300 pound guys <laughs> as they're getting dragged. Uh, number two. You just don't know what's coming. If right. you know it's a pass play, you can get after the quarterback. Your first step can be great. Um, but you come upfield too fast on the 49ers. Next thing you know, they ran you upfield. They pulled Kyle Juszczyk through. He lit up a linebacker and Christian McCaffrey scampering downfield for a huge, <laughs> huge play. They just are absolute problems. Uh, another problem, though, for the Cowboys is kicking. I want to talk about Robbie Gold versus Brett Maher because Robbie Gold perfect in the postseason no missed field goals no missed extra points maher not so much uh wide you know wide right wide right wide left back to wide right then finally one down the middle the cowboys are electing to go with him even though they did bring Viscaino onto their practice squad but they said they're going to stay with brett maher uh what are your thoughts on what happened in that Tampa Bay game? And do you think Robbie Gold pre presents an advantage for the 49ers against the Cowboys? Um, that was an epic <laughs> debacle if I ever seen it. I've watched a lot of football in my day. Mm -hmm. I've never seen something like that. I've never seen a guy go out there and miss four extra points. And it really proves to the point what people always say is, is kickers are head cases. You know, they they... I feel like I could have went out there and made the extra point. You know, I could have kicked the extra point and made it. And I, I sympathize with Dak when Dak is like, man, let's just go for two. Yeah, I mean, when he was he was having a bad day. Um, I completely, I completely think this is in the Niners' favor. I think if you're the Niners, I mean, and you see Meyer trotting out there to, to, for an extra point or to add three points on their board, that's a win. You know, especially outdoors in the Bay Area you know, where you're dealing with the wind and stuff like that. You're dealing with the environment. I think it's a win, you know, because this guy is clearly in his head right now. He's he's not at the top of his game. And I can't believe the Cowboys are even, they have him again for this week. You know, with the magnitude of this game, I mean, I would, I would hire somebody off the street, you know, because you can't afford to miss four extra points against the Niners. Yeah. We're not Tampa Bay. 
you know, Tampa Bay, I mean, 14 points. They had no running game. It was an easy game for the Cowboys. All they had to do was worry about the, the passing game from, from Tampa. This is a whole nother beast you're dealing with, you know? So you can't have those type of miscues from your kicker. It's going to hurt you. So I, I completely see the advantage in Niners' favor. Yeah, it, it's quicksand, right? You get the yips, and then all of a sudden, everything is a struggle. The reason that this is, I think, should be easy for 49ers to under, 49er fans to understand is 2012, David Akers had such a great year in 2011, made everything. And then in 2012, he struggled. He started missing, and the 49ers flirted around with potentially going with a different kicker. They stayed with Akers. But what it did was it made it hard for Jim Harbaugh because Harbaugh in 2011 would play for a field goal, play oh, with yeah. a great defense all oh, the time. Yeah. No issues. What happened is all of a sudden you get into there. Oh, wait, we're a 45 to 35 yard field goal, but we have acres or in this case, we have Maher. What are we going to do? And we've seen the Cowboys be willing to go for it on fourth and six. That works against Tampa Bay. Congratulations. Can you do that consistently against a 49ers defense? And all of a sudden you went from putting points, positive points on the board to giving the football back to the 49ers because of a defensive stop. Those are going to be real problems for Mike McCarthy to have to think about in this game. He's going to call plays differently, which means he could be more aggressive and cause problems. Truly. It's going to change. It could fundamentally change the game. And if Maher comes in in his first opportunity to kick a field goal, he misses. I, I wouldn't say anything to that guy if I'm a 49er fan other than left, 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 right, right, right. <laughs> That's all I would say to him the whole game. Just remind him because it will be absolutely in his head. And that could be a real problem for the Cowboys, special teams is a big part of this game. Complimentary football. 49ers know what they're going to get from Robbie Gold. We don't know what we're getting from Brett Maher for the Cowboys. No, and I think you bring up a great point where um, uh, Carty's going to go into this game coaching probably different. Especially seeing the performance that his kicker put on last week. You you might have to be more aggressive in certain situations. And that could change the game. Yep. You know, that's, that's, that's going to be a big part and a big storyline to watch of this game. Um, I think the special teams player to pay attention to is Turpin, though. Yeah. Turpin is a guy that, you know, the Niners have to keep an eye on. You know, this he's he's a special kick returner. That guy could break the game open. He could he could absolutely hurt you. I mean, he has elite speed, you know, and thankfully the, the our special teams have been much better than last year. You know, they have improved from what we was last year. Last year we were we were bad in special teams, but we actually won a playoff game with special teams. Maybe that'll happen this week. We'll see. But um, uh, yeah, just taking a little bit of the 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 spotlight off of Meyer, but Turpin is somebody somebody to pay attention to this game. He could play a huge role in this game. Yeah, I mean you're right, right? And return <laughs> some of the return games have had success against the 49ers, uh, been able to get free. And he's one of those guys. If he gets free, he's gone. Last yeah. year the Cowboys went with Tony Pollard doing all the return game, and he had a couple you know really good returns. I think that I'm um, hopeful that Snyder's going to have a game plan to just kick the ball out of the end zone, Absolutely. let Dak and them start at the 25 and Absolutely. just go from there. Uh, I know you want to pin them back, get, you know, keep them at the 20 or under. Uh, and they, they had some success with that against the Seahawks, but not consistent success. Uh, I don't know why you fool around with it. We'll no. see what they end up doing, but you're right. Uh, Turpin could be a real problem for the 49ers with his speed. He could also see a little bit of offensive time, too, with some fly sweeps and things like that. He's an explosive player. So uh, good call by you bringing up Turpin. That was, a, that was a nice one. What is your biggest concern for the 49ers this week against the Dallas Cowboys? Um, my biggest concern, one, was we, who we just spoke about was Turpin. I, I believe field position is going to be huge and – you know, if they could get anytime you could get points from special teams in a positive light, that's that's big. Yeah. You know, special teams we've seen it; they've won Super Bowls. You know, they can break the game open. So he's he's one of my um, one of my worries for this game. Another one of my worries for this game is Dak's legs. Um, it's just when a quarterback has ability to run, you know, and pick up those 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 third and longs, you know, third and eight. It's a backbreaker to the defense. You know, you want to, when you get him in third down, you want to get him off the field, you know, and these playoff games, like, like I said earlier, you know, every possession is critical, right? You know, and we seen last week against Tampa Bay, Dak, he was running, you know, he picked up critical first downs with his feet. You know, we seen him last year, you know, at the end of the game, you know, he ran up the middle of the field. Thank Thankfully he did. And he didn't slide early enough, but he put his team in a position to win the game. You know, if they had a little bit more time, they would try to kick a field goal to win the game. So, um, Controlling Dak and his feet, you know, we have to 
we have to stay disciplined in our wrestlings. You know, we can't we can't let Dak, you know, kill us on third down and pick up them crucial first downs because at the end of the game, that could be the reason why we end up losing this game. So that's the main thing to me is is keeping control of Turpin and special teams, like you said, going into it with a game plan, kicking it out of bounds, keeping the ball out of his hand. Right. Because he could be a total game player, a game breaker. And, and Dak Prescott, keeping him corralled in the pocket. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Dak Prescott staying in the pocket. I think that is a huge concern for the San Francisco 49ers because I think that is a difference between third down conversions and non third down conversions. And if you can keep Dallas anywhere between 30 and 35% in their third down conversions, I think you're going to get off the field a lot for the 49ers defense. And you're going to give Brock Purdy in this explosive offense more opportunities to be able to score. And when it comes down to it, you just want to keep Dallas's defense on the field and keep their offense off the field. If they can't score, they can't win. And the 49ers can go with a ball control style offense at some points. I don't think they're too explosive to just be ball control at this point. I don't think we're going to see six passes like we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo right. in the playoffs before. Um, but I think you're right. I think <laughs> keeping Dak in the pocket is a very important way to handle this. And I think they're going to do that. And let's remember, Nick Bosa did not play most of that game last year uh, coming out with the concussion. So right. uh, the 49ers you know, are going to have Nick Bosa the whole time. Charles who played really well in that game. He's motivated. He's from Texas. Uh, so he's going to be highly motivated. Let's see if the 49ers can get after him. If they can and they can corral him, uh, that concern can turn into a huge advantage. But what is the big advantage for the 49ers, the biggest one, against the Cowboys? I think the biggest advantage is, is stopping the run. You know, I mean, like I, like we said earlier, this is what the Niners have done all year. Right. This is what the Niners specialize in, is stopping the run. And, you know, no no running back up to this point has had success against against this defense. So um, I, I going into this game – I think that's one of our biggest advantages is our ability to make, you know, each team that we play one dimensional, you know, and I fully expect that to happen again this Sunday. And then looking at the offensive side of the ball, it's just like, like we say every week, it's just being so multiple. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I can't say enough about this, this acquisition of Christian McCaffrey. It's like he's unleashed offense with Brock Purdy. You know, it's, it's, we got the right pieces at the right time, you know? And so it's, it's a lot for other teams to handle and, you know, this is this is the the Shanahan we want. We want the Shanahan that that's just has so many different options and creative and getting guys wide open running downfield and having a quarterback that is able to to navigate it and hit right. the open guy and you know make the offense progress. So, um, I I think both both sides of the ball is clicking right now. So I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to have a hard time dealing pretty much with both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Yeah, I think the 49ers' biggest advantage is their personal matchups against the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, Trayvon Diggs is a ball hawk. He likes to get, you know, physical and, and body people, and Brandon Ayuk doesn't allow people to do that. Uh, and then in other areas, you know, they have Deron Bland. He's going to be it's gonna be a mismatch for him if he gets on Brandon Ayuk too. Uh, so I just, I don't know if they have the sum of parts. I, we talked about the linebacker room earlier going against running backs and George Kittle. That's an issue. Uh, then the secondary having to cover the, other wide receivers that aren't named Brandon Ayuk, and that Brandon Ayuk could be enough of a problem. I just think there's some interesting matchups that go the 49ers' way. And like you brought up, all the while, these personnel groupings that Kyle can put together, the personnel he can make Dallas play by what he wants to do on offense, yeah. uh, it's going to completely dictate the flow. It's going to dictate how exactly Dan Quinn calls defense. Dan Quinn will not be able to be the aggressor in this football game. Kyle Shannon is going to take a stranglehold on the momentum, the flow, everything in this game. And I think that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Just when you think the 49ers are figured out, all of a sudden he finds another way to do something. And this is one of those games when all eyes are on everybody else and Kyle Juszczyk goes three catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. It's just one of those freak things. You just, because Kyle can do whatever he wants. He has too many weapons. Way too many. And I, I think that that's going to be one of the problems for the Cowboys. How do you simultaneously stop the 49ers run game while covering all these weapons? I just want to see Christian McCaffrey one-on-one -on -one with Vander Esch or Anthony Barr. If that happens, big win for the 49ers. <laughs> No, you brought up a good point, man. It's it's when you allow Shanahan to dictate pace. I mean, there's not much you can do. Yeah, you know, I mean, with these with this many weapons, I mean, good luck. I mean, I could get it if we were if we were the Green Bay Packers and we're at a lack of weapons. We don't have the weapons on Vail. I mean, you have to you have to scheme a little bit more. But I mean, 
just just a simple running Christian McCaffrey out on a on an out route or something or or a will route. The attention he draws from the defense is it's it's a it's crazy. Yeah, you know, and and that's what the Cowboys have to do with every single play. And like I said earlier, you know when. When you're a, you're a defensive player playing against the Niners and you're worried about this, you're worried about that, you're in total conflict and you don't know where it's coming. It's it's just it's it's gonna be bad for the Cowboys. <laughs> it, it, it's it's gonna be tough from the Cowboys. I hope I win the toss and I'm able to defer because the 49ers coming down the second half has been absolutely spectacular. Uh, but now Warren has come to that time. Divisional matchup: 49ers versus Cowboys at Levi Stadium, 3:30. PM Pacific, 6.30 PM Eastern time. Uh, this is what we're waiting for. Score prediction. What you got? I'm going to give the Cowboys a little bit of respect. I think they'll come in. Um, I think they'll come in and play well. I think they'll play well. Um, do I think they'll win the game? No, I don't. Uh, I think they'll put up 21 points. Ooh, I think, nice. I think the Cowboys put up 21. Um, I think Meyer makes three extra points. <laughs> He makes three extra points this week. That might be a bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> but I have the Niners putting up uh, 30. So I have it twenty. I have it uh, 30 to 21, San Francisco. A nine-point victory. I'll take it. I'll take any victory because uh, I want to see the 49ers playing in the NFC Championship game. Uh, that will be the early game on Sunday, the 29th. That one will be at, I believe it's uh, 12 or 1230 Pacific time. So that's where the 49ers are going to be slotted. I think this is going to be a fun one. Uh, I'm going to hold my prediction and tell the game preview show, <laughs> uh, which I'll be doing on Friday. So everyone needs to come through it and check out the game preview show on Friday. <clears throat> I'm excited about it. I think this is one of those cool matchups between two good football teams. This Absolutely. is what you want in the playoffs. Absolutely. It's got everything you want. The big time stars. Uh, you know, everybody knows that these are two of the better teams. We've been talking about these two defenses for a while. This thing sells itself last year. One of the most watched football games of the entire year. This one will be nothing different. It's going to be spectacular, and I think the four yards are going to walk away with a win in this, uh, and they'll be headed to the NFC Championship, and who will they play? We'll be Eagles. We'll be Giants. We'll see. We'll see, but I'm I'm excited for this, man. I mean, one of my one of my uh, past favorite 49er games is when T.O. ran into the middle of the field. And oh, stood, geez. Instead of the star. I know yeah. Cowboy fans hate that, Yeah, but that was – I'll never forget that. As a Niner fan, you love that moment. So, I mean, to see these two teams, these two uniforms alone, you know, it, it's, 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 it's therapy for football fans. You know, so enjoy the game. Like I said, I think it's going to be a high number. Tons of people are going to watch the game, but um, it's going to go to Niners way, though. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy the show. Like the video if you haven't already. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Lots of subscriptions uh, coming recently. Uh, lots more content coming out all week. Uh, Warren, a great episode. Hopefully next week we're back yes, celebrating sir. a 49er win and talking NFC Championship. I can't believe we're already to that point of the season. <laughs> Uh, and then it's you know it's one game to get to the Super Bowl. Everything you got, it'll be somebody from the NFC East that they're gonna have to play and go through, uh, Gigantes or or Eagles, who knows? Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Me too. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens on the other side too. Philly and the Giants. I can't believe there's three NFC East teams. Yep. Left. That's who would have thought? It's crazy. It All is. right, everyone. We'll have a good one. Uh, I know we're going to enjoy the game, and if you come after the game, join the reaction show. But until next time. Uh, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one. Go Niners. Go Niners.